Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hello, hello everybody. So here we are. I believe we are live and rolling. So today, today we are talking about independence or community. Which do we need more? So I did something that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I just, you know, earlier today, I just kind of thought, hey, I should ask this question and uh, get some input. And then I was like, hey, this would be great for the show. So <laughs> so it just kind of unfolded um, spontaneously. And what I did was I put out a question on Facebook and Instagram. And so if you're not following me on there, follow me on there. I've got, um, you know, my personal page on Facebook and my business page, Glenn Ambrose Life Coaching on Facebook. Uh, also, I'm on Instagram, Glenn Ambrose, and my YouTube, of course, Glenn Ambrose. So, you know, connect with me there. Uh, but what I did is I asked, what are your thoughts on independence versus community? Which do we need more of to function effectively and peacefully and why? So that was the question that I put out there. And, um, and let me mute my phone. Um, so that was the question I put out and it was very interesting. I mean, first off, I was really impressed with the responses. The responses were really well thought out, um, well phrased. I mean, you know, I, it's no surprise to me that the public out here and my followers are very intelligent people. Um, so, you know, I wasn't surprised about that. It's just uh, it was really nice to see the the thought that people are putting into a subject like this, which is nice. The other thing that kind of was hitting me and this I'm going to preface it by saying this is just kind of my perspective. It's not necessarily true. <laughs> um, and I say it that way because I realize that I phrase the question in a specific way <clears throat> where it was a little bit broader than I had originally planned. So people tended to lean in a particular direction because I wasn't as clear asking the question as I could have been uh, about what I particularly had in mind. But um, what's beautiful about this is that it kind of gave me a different insight that I wasn't expecting. So the what I noticed was a lot when I put out the question, my question was basically from a societal perspective. Like in society as a general rule, um, you know, looking at an entire country, um, uh, the entire globe, you know, really, like, what do we need more of? Do we need more independence or do we need more community? And what was interesting is most people answered it more in a personal way than they did in a collective way which it's not wrong, you know, um, nothing wrong with that. 
But I noticed, I was like, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that when the topic of independence or community is brought up, that most people automatically bring that into their personal life and, and see how it fits there as opposed to looking at that as a larger uh, topic, you know, which from my perspective, I don't really, I don't worry too much about whether I have enough independence or enough community in my own personal life. I mean, sure, I think about it sometimes and, and sometimes I make adjustments, but it's, I probably wouldn't have a big conversation about it because it's just my life, you know? So if I need to tweak something, I tweak it. <laughs> if I need more community, then I lean into more community. If I need, you know, more um, independence, I lean into more independence. Um, so I was looking at it more of a collective, but a lot of people kind of said what I just alluded to. We need both. <laughs> we need both, right? You know, especially on a personal level, on an individual level, of course we need community sometimes. And of course we need independence sometimes. We need our alone time. We don't need to be enmeshed in everybody else's business all the time. And, and, and um, you know, of course, when you, when, when you start expanding that mentality, being too enmeshed in other people's lives, now all of a sudden you start um, seeing on a societal level where we go wrong when we're too enmeshed. And that's when, like my friend Tim LaRoche phrased it nicely. Let's see if I can find it quick. Um, those who, who are doing well have a responsibility not to give a hand out, but a hand up. Um, the area I live has both, and it is wonderful. People help each other by choice. No mandates. They can and do coexist. That's a healthy example of, uh, you know, of, of not going too far in one direction. So, which, you know, of course, we have a tendency to do. So, um, I, I, you know, and it, I think that, that that is probably, even when I take it to a societal level, I think that that is kind of what people expected me to be talking about, where, where like, you know, a, my friend Tim, well, two Tims in a row, you Tims were on fire, Tim Murray was saying, um, I think community needs to come together to provide enough resources for people to be able to live independently. And what I said was that's kind of from a socioeconomic perspective, which I think is where a lot of people expected me to go with this. You know, the, the debate between, you know, uh, a lot of times people whittle it down to Democrats and Republicans going, you know, OK, we, we need to help other people in society. And then the other side going, no, if we help them, they won't do anything for themselves and get into that argument and stuff. And, um, you know, I wasn't well, I wasn't going to go into that direction either. So I was talking more in just general terms, like when we look at the world, you know, what is the general outlook in our world? Like. Yes, we do need both, not only individually, but collectively. There needs to be a certain level of independence we have in our lives. I mean, you know, 
I mean, it's just necessary. We, you know, we should be able to, to feed ourselves and, and, and bathe ourselves and, and, and go to work and, you know, lots of things that we should be able to do for ourselves, assuming we're physically capable, of course. And, you know, so in those, those situations, yes, of course, there's independence. Uh, and there are community aspects what I was getting at is like, where are we in the evolution of society? If, if we're assuming that we as a society can get better, more highly functioning, more functioning more smoothly, then, you know, then what would that look like? Like, do we, do we need to lean into being more independent people and taking care of ourselves um, and, and separating from others more? Or do we need to work on coming together as a community more and experience uh, community type living similar to how things were many, many years ago? Um, you know, often people go, oh, I, you know, I long for a simpler time. Well, this is kind of what I'm talking about um, in a realistic way. You know, sometimes we, I'm not talking about romanticizing, <laughs> romanticizing the past, you know, going, oh, I'd like to go, like, I always make a joke out of it. I'd like to go back to a simpler time. And I usually say, like, you mean when you get shot over a card game? Like, that was pretty simple. You know, um, so like what, so I'm not talking about over romanticizing the past. I'm talking about going way, even further back. I mean, there's, there was a stronger sense of community 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, but I'm talking about even further back, you know, where we actually had societies living on earth for long periods of time functioning together. Uh, as a unit, you know, and of course it was problems, there's problems in every situation. Uh, that's part of being in community is learning how to deal with those problems in a healthy way. Um, and I think that that's something that we've lost dramatically um, in our world today. We don't work together through anything. We are not, and I think this is what, what's, you know, happened even more so over the last year with COVID and, you know, we've separated more and, you know, it doesn't matter if you say it's out of necessity or some people say it wasn't necessary. It doesn't matter. It just matters that it happened. So we, we've separated more. We, we've disconnected from each other more. We're more independent than ever. Um, in a lot of ways. And this is what I'm talking about, just as far as what does a healthy community look like? And I really don't think people talk about this. I don't think people really think about this on a deep level. Like, so how are we supposed to get to where we live in a healthy, loving, functional society if we're not even having discussions about it? We're not even discussing what it looks like to live in a healthy functioning society you know that like i think we need to we need to discuss this and some 
<laughs> some um, some comments are coming through and they just popped through. So I'm wondering if either something was delayed or if Ben is in the background. Magical Ben sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it was floating in the background and turning on comments where, where I didn't see them before. Um, but uh, hi, Nicole, I believe she's on my business page, Glenn Ambrose Life Coaching. Um, and Sarah, hi, Sarah, um, she's on YouTube. Um, so, so cool. But I keep... Okay, no problem, Sarah, you missed the question. That's all right. I mean, we're, we're here together now, so that's cool. Um, yeah, so if anybody's on my personal page and commenting, I'm sorry, I can't see you. Maybe someday it'll actually get fixed. I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, if you'd like to hop on my business page and watch me on there, it's being telecast there as well. Um, oh, wait, what's this? Facebook. I don't know. This there's something on here about comments. Can't post comments to some destinations, but I'll check it out later. Right now I'm talking to you guys and I have a little coffee in me. So you guys that, um, know me, know what that means. This could get ugly tonight. I get all amped up. Um, so yeah, we have to talk about, we have to talk about what we want our society to look like. And that is what I actually meant by the question. And I mean, all everybody listening, I mean, really do yourself a favor, go back and read the quotes on I mean, the posts on my personal and my business pages. Um, because there's some really well thought out answers on those and I can't read them all, of course. Um, so check them out. But this is really about what we want society to look like moving forward so we can actually walk towards it, you know? So moving forward, you know, the way I see society is like, well, you know, what's functional, what's sustainable? Sustainable is such a catchy word nowadays, but I mean, it's because we've been living unsustainably for so long that we're, we've come to a point in history where as we look out over the world, we're seeing what happens when you live in a system that is unsustainable. When you don't think about the long term, when you don't think about the consequences of your actions over time, this is what happens. Like this is what, this is the world we live in. We live in a world where we're destroying the earth. Um, you know, we're, we're in a, uh, we're in a time where we need to start taking care of the earth. It's it's not an argument over global warming or not. It's just we beat the crap out of the earth and we have to stop doing that. Like, <laughs> you know, eventually we run out of resources. This is the mentality I'm talking about, sustainability. Like, how can we live in accordance with the planet that we are on? How can we live in accordance with the people that are in the world with us? We are not taking that into consideration. And this is why we, th this is why we have a lot of problems. And what I'm fine tuning in on this particular podcast is the idea of independence and community. And I think if we look at the direction we've been going as a society, it is towards more independence. 
we wear it like a badge of honor. We think we're supposed to do everything ourselves. We have these, you know, um, like women are such a good example because, you know, we're going, oh, well, you know, you have to um, carry a child for nine months and you have to give birth. Then you have to get over that pretty quickly and get your ass back to work. And then you have to be a really good mom and you got to keep the house clean and you got to, you know, of course, this isn't actually true. I mean, nobody has to live to that. That's if you feel the pressure to do that as a woman, then you need to do work on yourself because it doesn't matter what society pressures you to do. You need to take responsibility of your own life and create a reality that you can actually manage. Um, I, I just don't like implying that anybody's a victim of anything. So that's why I had to stop and do that little caveat there. Um, but it, it is an example of unconsciously and sometimes consciously of what society is leaning in a direction of these expectations that we're supposed to do everything ourselves, you know, and it's just crazy. It's crazy. The, the, I mean, I lived fairly consciously through the years raising my son and I was busier than oh my God. It's, it's insane raising kids in this, in this, in the world, the way it is today, because everything is yourself. I mean, we don't even like I carpooled some of the time, um, and it was really helpful when I did, but even that, like when my son was young playing soccer, like I, I felt bad asking the carpool because like I wasn't independent enough or something. And I didn't even understand that that's where my thinking was coming from, <laughs> you know? So in hindsight, I look back on some of the things that I, I had done and I'm like, boy, I could have made some adjustments there. Like we, we expect way too much of ourselves and it's culminated in a very busy, 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 busy world where we're running around 90 miles an hour just to make ends meet, just to pay the bills, just to do what we have to do. And, and it's very difficult to, to maintain the, the level of busyness and a major aspect of the busyness is because we don't live in community. You know, this, this is like, like I mentioned, taking a step back in time. That is kind of in some ways what I did when I moved over to the Dominican Republic, especially when I moved up into the mountains. This is like taking a step back in time. Like people don't have vehicles. Like they just don't. They like they live on the mountain and they stay on the mountain. You know, and I mean, sometimes maybe they'll go down for something if they have to. But I mean, a lot of the ways of living up here are completely different. So it's, you know, like if you're driving down into town up from the mountains and you see some stranger on the side of the road that waves to you or kind of points in a direction or something, you stop, you roll down your window and you ask him if he's going down to the town. Yes. Yeah. It, I'm going down to the town. And this is even if you don't speak the same language. I don't speak Spanish yet. So <laughs> I'm talking to people. I don't speak Spanish. They don't speak English. And it's like you go in Hamao, you go into the town. See, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, you move your stuff over, get the dog in the back and you let him in and you give him a ride down. I mean, that's just how people live in community up here. You know, and, and it was Mother's Day yesterday in, in the Dominican Republic. So most of us that I'm living up here in community with um, in our little 
five person spiritual community. Um, we're all from other countries. So like we don't have family here. Well, one person does. Guess what? We are adopted children and not family. So we all spent Mother's Day, you know, all together. There's like 11 people here. And one of the neighbors came over and they were part of it because why? Because they were around. That's why. And then we went over the aunt's house that lives down the road, and like, and there's more people. And it's just, it's just such a sense of community here that it takes getting used to. And this is what puts it on my radar because I'm experiencing it in a different way. And I'm understanding that, you know, we don't have to live in the mountains of the Dominican Republic, but there is a problem when I came to the Dominican in August and September um, and stayed here for two months. I met more people in two months than I did in two years living in Florida when I moved from Rhode Island down to Florida. Like three times more people. I probably met like four in Florida in two years. I met like 17, I think I counted once in two months. It's because the locals are more friendly. They're more um, community oriented. They're more willing to talk to you and get to know you. That's what happens when you run into people. Like if you're walking down a street and you look at somebody, you say hi, everybody says hi back, everybody. And then a lot of times if you say hi and smile and stop, you actually end up in a conversation, sometimes for hours if you so choose and if you have the time. This is community building. The, and, and there's a lot of expats here, expatriates, a lot of people from other countries. So people who travel a lot or have traveled a lot, they have been a new person on the block. So they interact with people differently. They understand what it's like to be the new person. They understand that, um, being friendly to strangers is not only important, but it's imperative if you expect to get along somewhere. You know, this is, these are things that I'm noticing and I'm seeing over here that, that we don't, we have been losing over time more and more and more. And I can see it from my childhood up until now in the United States There's a gigantic difference, you know, how it was when I was a kid in our community and the way it is now it's people we are scared to death of each other we don't know our neighbors we 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 think that you know there's something wrong with them we have to protect ourselves from them like most people are fine man <laughs> of course there's some whack jobs here and there you know but like you don't think if if you know, you stay locked in your house all the time. The whack jobs aren't going to find you. Yeah, they're going to find you. You're going to have to go to the store sometime. Like, I mean, we go way, 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 way too far in the direction of independence. Way too far. We have zero sense of community now. Almost zero sense of community. You know, and when, when I was, was talking back and forth with the comments on this question, um, a couple, you know, earlier in the day, I, I was, I had some time to respond back and forth. And as I kind of asked 
follow-up questions to get people closer to the mindset that I was planning on discussing tonight, every one of them said more community. Every one of them said more community. This is because it's obvious, <laughs> you know, like if, if you look at it from different perspectives, then of course it's not obvious. Oh, well, we need some independence and over in this area, we need some independence and we, and it's good if, if we get rid of all independence and we won't have that and that'll be bad. Yes, I get all that. What I'm saying is uh, somebody else said it very nicely and I'm not going to go back and look for each person. Um, but I said balance. It might have been Nicole. I'm not sure. But I said, somebody said something about we need a balance of both. Actually, maybe even a few people said that. So, yes, we do need a balance of both. My question is, is where are we out of balance? Are we out of balance where we have too much community? Or are we out of balance where we have too much independence? And I think it's glaringly obvious that we have too much um, independence and not enough community. We don't even know each other. We, we live next to people where we can hit a rock with their house. I, I hit their house with a rock, strike that, reverse it. Thank you. See, that was my little Willy Wonka moment. Um, we can hit their house with a rock and like, we don't even know these people. For years we can live them. Like what if an emergency happens? You know, like my neighbors had an emergency five days ago or something. They came wailing on my door. Need your key to the car. Emergency. Here you go. Bye. I didn't really know what happened, what was going on, but I knew them. And I, so therefore I trusted them. And if they need something and it's an emergency, they're going to get it with no questions asked. You know, this is a, a this is how we need to live if we are going to have a successful society. We need to live like a society. We need to live like a group. We need to, you know, and we can have smaller communities. And to some degree, we can live with like-minded individuals. Sure, you know, there's nothing wrong with all that. It doesn't have to be. See, what our ego does, and if you're listening and your mind is doing this, watch out. It's probably your ego. Your ego generalizes. When I say we need more community and we need to live like this, the ego comes in and says, yeah, but then everybody's going to be in our stuff and, and it's going to be we're going to be all enmeshed and that's no good either. It's not, that's, that's going way too far in the other direction. I'm talking about the middle ground. Of course, we, we need our privacy. I love having my privacy. It's one of my favorite things in this community that four people are living in two houses over there. And it's a, I don't know, 90 second walk. But they can't quite see my house through the trees. And I like it. I like having my little, I like going over and socializing and then walking over here and being all alone and being able to walk naked if I want. I like my privacy. I like my independence. I will never give that up. I'm probably more private and independent than most people in a lot in my personal life. I like that aspect. But I don't feel like I have to protect myself from, from other people. Like if I need to set a boundary, I just set a boundary. That's like, that's my personal responsibility. 
I don't need to set society up so that society includes my boundaries. You know, that's not, that's not how you develop a global society that works where like, it's not going to be all figured out. We have to be responsible for our own lives and our own privacy. And we have to set boundaries when it's time to set a boundary, you know, that that's all healthy but we need to be more in community with one another you know like we 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 don't know our neighbors we alienate friends on facebook for different political beliefs and we trust the government this <sighs> And I even have to take a deep breath after I say that because I can't even believe that I have to say that. I cannot believe that there are people on the planet in 2021 that think the government have our best interests at heart. If you, if you think that, please don't listen to me. Please run the opposite direction. Please look into something. The, the, I can't even begin to tell you how many different examples there are just in the last 60 years alone that the government doesn't give a flying crap about you or society. They don't care. They want money and they want power, period. And these are the people that you're fighting over. You're fighting with your community and your friends over which jackass you're going to support. Are you freaking kidding me? That's insanity, insanity. So <laughs> I'm hoping now that the COVID crap is starting to, is starting to like fade off. Like I know that they're starting to open things up and people are getting vaccinated and all this stuff. Um, so I'm hoping that some of the fear levels are going to start lowering and people are going to be able to start thinking logically again, because they haven't been able to think logically for the past year, because it's, it's just because all we're, we're riddled with fear and we're running around trying to figure out something that's going to make us feel safe. And then we pick a side and it doesn't matter if the side actually makes sense or of course we think it makes sense, but we latch onto it so tightly just so we feel like we have our brain wrapped around some sort of a solution, some semblance of some sanity that, that we can just hang on to. And, and the answers aren't there. The answers are not in the Democratic Party. They're not in the Republican Party. They're not on one side. They're not on the other side. You know where they are? They're in your community. They're in the fact that you have neighbors around you that you don't know. We, we have to start, I'm hoping that, you know, fear literally, I'm talking scientifically here for a moment, fear literally shuts our brain down. It shuts our brain down. And people don't think they're thinking out of fear, and they are. Fear shuts your brain down, so and it pushes the blood flow into the major muscle groups to push you into fight or flight. That's what it does. So you think less clearly when you're under stress, when you're fearful. And that's what everybody's been, is fearful for the last year, year and a half. So this is part of the problem. This is part of the reason that people are so divided and arguing over such stupid crap. Because they, 
that they're fearful and they're just trying to latch on to something so they don't feel so fearful, so they can feel a little bit safer. So now that the fear is hopefully starting to subside a little bit, hopefully the brain will start coming back and start working. We can kind of start leaning back and going, okay, wait a minute. Now, so getting together in groups is bad. Um, so less people together is good. So what we should do is shut down all the mom and pop stores and open up Walmart. Huh? Okay, so I have to wear a mask so I don't spread it because it's in my mouth, it's in my saliva and my nose and it comes out and it gets in the air. So what we're gonna do is jam a long stick with no cotton on it way up into the base of your skull to see if you have it or not. Why, you just told me it was inside my mouth. Like, I mean, this stuff just doesn't make sense. And that, that's like, <laughs> I'm going to stop there because I could go on for about a year with the stuff that people have been arguing over that don't make sense. So I'm hoping as the fear levels start lowering, people can start distancing themselves from what has transpired in this insane year and a half and start looking back and going, oh yeah, that doesn't really what was that about? What was that? And then we can start seeing. So this, this is really interesting to me. I won't go too deeply into it, but I, I started noticing this like two weeks ago when I was working with my clients that this started coming up and I started gaining some insights on this, that the fear was going to start lowering. So I swear to God, in two days, I talked about this like with two or three different people. And I was like, wow, the fear is going to start lowering. And as soon as I came to that like insight, I paused for a moment and what I what came through was I wonder I wonder if the the powers that be that are inducing all this fear into society, I wonder if they know that the fear levels are gonna start lowering. I'm like, well of course they do. And I was like, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what they're gonna do to keep the fear levels up. Hmm, I wonder. So I didn't think anything of it. So that was two days. And then I had those thoughts. No kidding. The next morning I woke up, I grabbed my phone and I don't remember what I was on, but all of a sudden, um, Russell Brand popped up with some video. And every once in a while I'll watch a portion of his videos and I click on it and he goes, so everybody, <laughs> The Pentagon just released that UFOs are real and they have tangible proof. Why now? That was his big thing. He kept going, why now? Why did the Pentagon release this now? In the middle of a pandemic, global crisis, why did they choose now to say, hey, guess what, guys? There's UFOs. Isn't that weird? Right after, the day after, not even 12 hours after I was sitting there going, Geez, I wonder what I wonder what the powers that be are going to do to increase the fear in people so they don't start thinking clearly. And then I hear that. You know, this is we're being played people. And 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 which which kind of drives me right into something Sarah was was saying, I believe. 
Uh, let me just check. I feel like every time we turn around, there's something else coming up to divide us, especially recently. And it seems questioning it is, it is alienating. Yeah, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Like every time we turn around, there is something else coming up to divide us. And this is what's happening is division. Division is actually even a better word than independence about the, the way that I'm having this conversation. Because there's nothing wrong with having certain levels of independence in all kinds of areas of our lives, man. I am one of the most independent people I know, and I love it. No problem with independence. I have a problem with division. So, you know, maybe that's a better word. This is what we have to start watching out for because wording is very important because when you say independence, people get very um, possessive of it. Don't take my independence. Hey, I want my independence. We're so conditioned that we want independence. We want independence. We want independence that we don't even realize we already have it. Like you have independence. Who's taking your freaking independence? Like who can take your independence? You're a sovereign being. Claim your independence. Go do what you want. Nobody can make you go to work. Nobody can make you stay married. Nobody can make you be a parent. You're doing that stuff because you're choosing to. So you're, you're, you're way more independent than you think you are. And you don't have to fight to defend it. It's yours by birthright. You're, in, you're an independent person. So um, it's... To, but to lower those defense mechanisms, we'll, we'll call it division. We are divided as people. We are way more alike than we are different. When I was, I talked with a bunch of different people with that question. Some of them I know personally, some of them I don't know too well. And I had no problem communicating with any of them. None. And, and it was intelligent things, and some of it I agreed with, some of it maybe not so much, but we didn't. There was no problem. This is what, this is the fallacy that we've actually started believing in. For some reason, somewhere along the road, we decided that we all are supposed to think the same. We're not. We're not supposed to think the same. We're supposed to respect one another. That's what we're supposed to do. And this is why community works. If you think that we should not be in community, then you do not understand what community is. Community is absolutely necessary, which my friend um, Dana alluded to in his comment. Um, you know, it's essential. Not, none of us can be completely independent. I mean, we, you know, somebody built your house, somebody made your clothes, uh, the food that we, you know, it's, it, we were taken care of as babies and so on and so on and so on. Like we, none of us have been completely independent, nor could we be. So, I mean, of course, some of it we, we, we need, you know, we need a lot of that, but it's the, the, the community, if, if you think that we don't need more community and it's not going to function, then your view of community is flawed. And usually what it is, is you, you think that community means that you have to agree with everybody. Like you, you all have to do the same things and you all have to like, well, you know, I'm living in community with 
five people. I mean, technically more, but really closely with four other people, five of us together. There's stuff that they do that I don't agree with. There's perspectives that I don't agree with. There's, you know, I, I mean, of course, we're like-minded in, in a lot of ways. We're, we're, we're all leaning into a spiritual life of our own accord. But that looks five different ways for five different people. <laughs> you know, the, the, I mean, nobody's path is the same. So there are differences and we don't argue about any of it. We exchange ideas and we respect one another. And even if it's something that we firmly believe in to be like, this is rock solid cornerstone of my existence. And I believe it's the cornerstone for all existence of all people on the planet. We can believe in something that much. And then one of the other ones can come over and go, yeah, I don't see it that way. And we go, oh, okay. You have the right to your opinion. We don't argue about it. We don't judge each other for it. That's community. You know, respecting one another, understanding that there are differences, allowing people to be who they are. This is what we've lost. We need one another to be happy. We can't just sit in our house with maybe one other person and watch TV and expect to actually be joyful. Like I, I when I watched, uh, I think it was the 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 time of the six sign up episodes there. There was like nine parts or something. I think it was those, and and I watched them like nine days in a row. So I started noticing patterns, and one of the patterns was was that all the indigenous teachers, and I, I think I noticed this also when I watched that movie, The Twelve. If you haven't seen that, you can you can stream all this stuff for free. Um, when they brought 12 indigenous leaders over to New York for a summit. But when I, when I watch this type of stuff, I notice that people who are connected to ancient civilizations, basically, that are still living the way that, that they used to a thousand years ago, when you talk to them, they know exactly how to live in community. They know exactly how to do it. And, and they specifically state that it is a cornerstone for a happy life. Every one of them. And they talk matter of fact. They'll, they'll be like, you know, oh, you know, are you happy? Well, yes, we're happy. Well, why are you happy? Well, it's, you know, we're our community. Our community is, you know, one of the most important things. And then they might go on and mention a few other things and, and some they may have all have in common and some might be different. But the point is, is that they all understand that living in community brings joy into their life. And there's no way they could have it without that. How many people have a, a seriously joyful life nowadays? Like that, I mean, we have studies, we have studies, you know, <laughs> all around the world. I think, I think that there's uh, somewhere around a 75% rate that people state that, that, that they're unhappy. Not only are they not extensively joyful, but they are literally unhappy and will say so when asked. Like 75%, even if it's 50%, that's horrible, you know? So, 
you know, I, this is the way I see us going. I think we're going to be reverting back to a lot of things about community. We're going to start understanding that the way people were living thousands of years ago, and we can, we can blend in, we can blend in the technological advances and the old way of living. Okay, so we do not, again, the ego trick is going, oh, so we're going to all go live in the bushes? No, no, you can still have your house, you can still have your car, you can still have all your stuff. Uh, don't worry about it. It's what I'm, but we need to start interacting with people differently. This is what I'm saying. And there's going to be a lot of aspects from the old cultures that we see. You know, like medicine doesn't work with half the diseases. They're just keeping people alive ill longer. Um, you know, and there's so much natural, like what, over here? Over here. So here's an example. Yesterday, um, you know, there was a bunch of people around and stuff. And a couple people took a ride on a horse because that's what you do around here. <laughs> So, and something happened and they fell off. Well, a little while later, I see, I see the dad going in there and, and looking where a head got bumped and rubbing something on it. I don't even know what it was. I wasn't really looking too closely because I'm trying to get used to seeing this type of stuff. Might've been a lime or something, but you just, nature provides all this stuff. I've got an aloe plant outside my house that I use regularly for different things. And that, like whatever you have around here, they have medicine growing in the yard. <laughs> you know, it's nuts. And all these people over here, they know it. Oh, you did this. Oh, you have a cut. Oh, you, you have a bruise. Oh, you have tendons. Oh, you have swelling. Oh, you just get this plant and you do this. And it works amazingly well. And this is like common knowledge for people around here. And we've forgotten it. You know, this is, we have all the knowledge we need. And there are people who have this knowledge that we can tap into. And we are going to, I believe that we're going to be getting a lot of our answers from these people. If we open up our minds and just go, what do we need to be happier? What do we need to live in a more connected community, which breeds more happiness? We need to respect one another. We need to make room for one another. We need to love one another. We need to accept. We, we need to understand that we're not supposed to all agree on everything. It's biggest misconception, I think. Possibly the biggest misconception on the planet right now, maybe, is that we're all supposed to agree on everything because we must think we're supposed to agree. Otherwise, we wouldn't fight so hard. And everybody's fighting. Everybody's fighting about everything. You know, it's like, why? I, they, nobody has to agree with me. I don't care. I don't care if people agree. That's <laughs> not what it's about. You do you, I'll do me. You know? So let me think, pause for a moment and see if anything else is coming in. Not really. I think it's just... Uh, you know, it's just kind of rounding out, like, please take a moment, start having some, some 
conversations with people about what we want the, like society to look like in the future. I believe this is where we are. Okay, so this is it. This is what <laughs> I knew that there was some sort of wrap up coming because that's what I was feeling when I paused, but I didn't know it was going to be this. So the wrap up is this. We are ushering in a new world. That's what we are doing right now. We are going through massive change. I don't care what your beliefs are. We are going through massive change. And when we go through massive change, there, there's a level of responsibility that we have to direct what that change looks like. You know, we have to be mindful of what we're creating because we're creating something that's happening. That's what change is. That change is shedding the old and creating something new. And that is what we're doing right now. That is societal wise, we are creating a new society. And right now it's looking like we are going to be more divisive, more angry. And that is not what we should be focusing on. What we need to be focusing on is starting to envision and talk about this is what brings energy into it. And it actually helps it create is start, on, start having conversations about what a new what if, if you could design a new world, what would it include? What would day-to-day -day activities look like? What would you like? What would be healthy? Would, would, would you like to live in a community with people who live off the land? You can do this in the United States. It doesn't have to be in a DR. You can do it all over the world. You know, so would you like to live in a smaller community of maybe more, a little bit more like-minded people? that are a little bit more concerned with the earth would you like to just if you live in a city would you like to get together and see if you could get a, a, a empty lot donated or create gardens on rooftops and, and form a community project around this stuff this is how community grows through actions, we don't all have to live in a little spiritual community. We can live wherever we are and form community, form groups of people that we can trust. Not that we hang out with every single day and that are enmeshed in all our crap, <laughs> you know, but just people around us where we don't feel so alone. My God, no wonder why we're all looking for safety latching onto belief systems and all this crap to try to feel safe. We're, we're, we're all alone out here, you know? There's safety in numbers. We need to connect with one another and we need to start just doing sustainable things. So like living in a community that's sustainable, doing things that are sustainable, um, buying things that are sustainable, buying less of things that are not sustainable, like just little, whatever you can do where you are, nothing is too big, nothing is too small. You know, we just have to, we, we have to start envisioning what we want our society to look like. And this is, you know, one of the pieces that I always bring in on this is, is the millennials. Everybody's going, oh, the millennials, they want all this vacation and all this pay and, and, and they want it right now and all this stuff. It's like, I understand that there's a learning curve with some millennials that they actually need to learn to take more action to bring these things in. I get that. I'm not saying that they're perfect, but 
the way we're criticizing them is wrong. What we're saying, they're saying, I would like to be able to work and, and make a good living so I can buy a house. What's wrong with that? Why shouldn't they be able to buy a house? Why should they have to struggle inside of a company for 20 years to finally make enough money to finally be able to afford a house? Why is that the optimal way society is? Because it's been that way up until now? We should evolve into a better society. Like, oh, they want five weeks of vacation first year. Good. Good. We should be working towards a society where we have five, five, five weeks vacation just to start. So instead of criticizing for what they want, them for what they want, maybe we as a society should stop for a moment and go, geez, maybe, maybe we'd live in a better, happier world if we actually lived in a world that they're asking for and stop bringing in some of this stuff. You know, little by little, it'll take time. I'm just saying, let's pause for a moment before we're so quick to criticize and, and look at what we're actually criticizing. You know? Oh, well, they don't work for, okay, well, so, so don't criticize them for wanting five weeks of vacation. Criticize them for not wanting to work and have five weeks of vacation. Say, you know what? You are right. You deserve five weeks of vacation. You absolutely do deserve it. And we all deserve it. So let's work towards getting that. That'd be a better answer. Instead of going, what are you, crazy? <laughs> you know? Like, wait a minute. They're trying to bring in a happier, healthier society. Why, why are we slamming them for it? We have to stop. This is what I mean by having these conversations. We have to start expanding our minds and talking about this stuff, having conversations. So when you have conversations without like um, trying to prove your point, what happens is ideas start making sense and solutions bubble up. And we go, hey, so that, that might be a good idea. That, that, that's what happens. Instead, right now, divisiveness, the way we look at, is a, a kid says, I want five weeks vacation. And an older person goes, you're an idiot. You can't have five weeks vacation. We've never had five weeks vacation. Why should you have five weeks vacation? Yeah, but I want it, and I'd be happy. And th this side's trying to prove their point, and this side's trying to prove their point. And they're trying, like... This is what we do with everything we argue over instead of pausing for a moment and going, hey, would everybody like, would it be a nice society if we lived in where everybody had five weeks? Maybe we could start with everybody started with two weeks vacation. Maybe that could be a starting point. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I think people deserve to have two weeks off a year. Maybe we could implement that, you know, like relax and start tossing ideas around instead of defending points look into where other people might be right and respect one another then we can start forming this community in all different little areas this is how society changes grassroots people it does not change at the top if you're waiting for your government to fix your society don't hold your breath because it ain't happening it always happens grassroots it happens people by people by people by people, grouping, working towards, leaning in a direction, talking about and, until the mass consciousness demands a different way of being. And then a lot of times they don't even have to take action. 
It's just, there's so many people going, hey, uh, slavery is a load of crap. Eventually it just stops. You know, and I mean, I understand that there was a civil war and all that stuff. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> I don't need a history lesson. What I'm saying is that even, even that started on a grassroots campaign. People think that Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. No, he didn't. People did. There was enough people in the United States that had conversations and finally started thinking, going, that's a load of crap, man. It shouldn't be like this. And once enough people were thinking like that, it started manifesting into the world and change started taking place. And it's happened that with, like that with all social change all around the globe. That's how social change happens. When people start thinking the same way about a particular area that, you know, we've been being held down by the people up top too long and this doesn't fly anymore. Now all of a sudden social change starts taking place. Like, do you, do you think women's rights was even, <laughs> do you think women's rights were helped by government officials before government officials were made to do things by grassroots campaigns? I mean, every group, every situation is like this. It's always been like this. It's us that changes things through conversations, changing our minds, thinking about things, looking into things more. So there, so I got to stop. Holy crap, I just about went an hour. I keep thinking I'm not, but. Um, all right, I'm just going to touch on some people that were nice enough to comment real quick here. And Lisa, hi, Lisa, we need to save the planet. Someone is playing chess with us, with us all, while there is so much tragedy and disaster and death with animals and children. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, I agree. And and as, when we're waiting to for the government officials to do something about it, you know, it's not going to happen. We need to. And I mean, the, the we're in a global crisis planet wise, it, like whether you believe in global warming or not, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, we're just, we're just beating the crap out of our planet. I think I said that earlier. Um, pharmaceutical companies are making a bazillion dollars off antidepressants. Yeah, it's true. Of course, keeping people isolated and scared is working for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to figure out like keeping people isolated and scared. If you watch the news, pay attention to the government and things that are things that are being said, you cannot. You can't argue that that the information that is being fed to us from the media and the governments is isolating and scaring people. I mean, it, again, if you don't see that, just, uh, I don't know, go, go look into it, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so if, when, when you see something that's happening, that's been happening for years and, and it's dysfunctional and you don't know why, follow the money. And pharmaceutical companies is, is, um, you know, a great, a great example of that. They're making tons of money off fear and isolation. And so is every other uh, group that 
that makes money, that their their whole focus is making money. They are all exploding right now. Every company out there and every government out there, if their focus is power and money, look at how much power and money they've gained over the last year. I'm going to leave you with that. Go look into that. Like what, what is it? Pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, large corporations, Facebook, um, Walmart, like, you know, all, all the governments, all this stuff. Look at any huge organization that I'm telling you right now, their goal is, is money and power. I mean, it's obvious it's money and power because that's what they have. They have a bunch of money and power. And you look at the decisions they make, look at how, how they've been doing since the pandemic hit. Have they gained more power and more money or less? Of course, they've all gained more. So what does that tell you? Is there, is there goal to take care of us and look out for us? Or is there goal to gain more money and power? Well, I don't know. Which one are they doing? Well, we don't see. We're, we're, we're a world filled in fear and sick, supposedly. So, that, so apparently they're not looking out. Their goal isn't our well-being um, because we don't have it. Um, but yet they have more money and more power than ever before. Huh. In the middle of a pandemic, when the world is at its weakest, when people need help the most, are they gaining more power and money or are they helping those people? Hmm. They're gaining more power and money. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Geez, I wonder what their goal is. This is, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is not complicated stuff, people. Let the fear slip away and just pay attention. It's right there in front of you. They're showing you. And I'm going to leave with this quote. Um, this is perfect. I just saw this quote today, which I thought was excellent. And it sums it up. It's from Mark Twain. It says, it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them they have been fooled by Mark Twain. The government and the powers that be and the corporations have been fooling you. And they got you, man. They got me too. They got us all. And it was pretty easy. Now I'm here telling you that you've been fooled. I can see it. But are you going to believe it? How do I convince you that you've been fooled? It's a hard job. It's a hard job. It's not easy, man. Which is weird because when you look at it, the facts are really right there. It's like, I don't even know how you can argue it. I mean, you, you know, I, of course I know how people argue it. They make it really, really complicated and throw isolated, ridiculous examples at you to complicate the thing. And it's not complicated. So simplify if you want to get closer to the truth. And thank you, Mark Twain, for that. Hopefully he actually said it, you know, on the internet. You never know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, people. It was a long one. Thanks for sticking with me. Thank you for your comments um, and your comments on the, the posts as well. That was really helpful. It gave me 
a lot of stuff to work with, so I appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am going to get over here and click my ending. Peace out, be well, love one another. Start working on imagining what a beautiful, loving community would look like and start having conversations about it, please. And thank you. Looking for more? Check out over 200 episodes of Life Lessons and Laughter or click the link in the description of this episode to connect with Glenn directly.